Let's do it one more time this year. This is why the Ole Miss Rebels will defeat the Texas Tech Red Raiders in the Texas Bowl. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thank you for tuning in to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. And also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So tune into the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, subscribe, comment down below, and upvote the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. All right, this video is going to be why we think Ole Miss is going to defeat the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And this is how Ole Miss will do it if they win the game. Now, this has been a weird game since it was announced um, whenever the Bulls went out, which was, I don't know, late, early December or something like that. And then when Ole Miss and Texas Tech got drawn together, everybody was like, oh, goodness, not again. And even Texas Tech people, wanted to; they thought they were going down to Orlando to be in the Cheez-It Bowl. So they didn't want this matchup either. So that affected enthusiasm within this matchup. When you look at it, you can see that Texas Tech, they've won their last three games with wins over like Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Kansas, I believe, are their last three. That's a Liberty Bowl opponent. Um, Oklahoma's in the Cheez-Its Bowl, which they got because they're Oklahoma and not because they deserved it. Um, and Iowa State did not have the year they wanted to have. But Texas Tech won all three of those games, including a 14-10 game in the frigid temperatures up in Ames, Iowa, earlier this year. So that is what Texas Tech is coming to this game. In a lot of ways, they're kind of the reverse of what Ole Miss was in 2008, whenever Ole Miss played Texas Tech in the Cotton Bowl, when Texas Tech was 11-1 and and a 90% chance to win the game. What Ole Miss was in that game was one of the hottest teams in America. Now, I'm not saying Texas Tech is one of the hottest teams in America. I'm saying the enthusiasm rising within that program, it's a similar deal. So that's what you need to know about Texas Tech going into this game. The other thing you need to know is they're very good in the red zone. They're like ninth in the country in red zone defense. Ole Miss has been atrocious in the red zone. So that means the team's going to need explosives, potentially. And if this gets into a red zone game, there's a chance for a 2003 repeat to where Ole Miss loses the game 49-45 to and kicks seven field goals. Something like that. But if you look at Texas Tech's defense and their numbers and you really dig into it, right? If you look into that, you can see that they're not really lately what they're advertised. Like, in September, their rush defense was around 90 yards a game. October, around 170 yards a game. November, about 220. You can see what I'm getting at here. And you can see why this could potentially be a really difficult matchup for the Red Raiders. Now, if you add that into like people that have transferred out and things like that, it could make for an interesting situation defensively for the Red Raiders. 
Now, Quinshawn Judkins is about 150 yards from the SEC freshman rushing record. Um, Zach Evans is in his hometown. I expect him to go off a little bit as well. Ulysses Bentley the fourth, I believe that's his hometown as well. There's some people that really want to perform well in the from the greater Houston area. Now, if this goes the way it has gone, September was under 100. October was under 200. November was under 300. This could be a three-bill type rushing game for Ole Miss. Now, Kansas State ran for about 345 yards on them earlier in the season. They do a lot of the run game misdirection, honestly, that Ole Miss does. They do it from different positions, and the starting point's a little bit different, but it it kind of accomplishes the same thing. Um, Chris Kleiman at Kansas State, genius coach. But they averaged 8.8 yards per rush in that game. That completely threw off what, up until then, was a pretty good Texas Tech run defense. But once it happened, once that went down, they kind of started going downhill pretty quickly. That's one of those things where you keep trying to fix something and you make it worse, you make it worse, you make it worse. And at the expense sometime of what might be another part of your defense that needs help as well. So we will see exactly how Ole Miss and Texas Tech run the ball. Because the other side of the coin is Joey McGuire in a press conference said that Texas Tech was 6-1 and one when they run the ball 41 times. You know what that means? That means Texas Tech is going to come out and run the ball at Ole Miss. They're going to do what everybody else has done. And Ole Miss has to stop it. It's simple as that. If Ole Miss can stop that and run the ball, they win this game comfortably. If Ole Miss can't run the ball and Texas Tech can do the same stuff that everybody else has done the last three or four weeks of the season, then it could be a dogfight. Something to watch. Also, the quarterbacks being dual threats. This is a game where potentially a Jackson Dart could have an effect in the run game. Not just in the pass game, in the run game. To where, much like Texas A&M in that game, his scrambles extended drives. And the longer you keep drives together, the more tempo can wear those guys out and the better off you will be when you get down the field. Because we're getting to an era of football where tempo is being learned how to handle, be handled. And obviously teams struggle with it starting out, but as they get going, they know how to play against tempo. Once you get used to the speed, you're good to go because the operation on the defensive side of the ball is different. You're not, you don't have coaches that always want to match up players. You don't have slow calls getting in. All the calls are really quick getting to players um, out there so they can get lined up, get their feet in the ground, and make plays. Defensively in the SEC, it's actually fairly simple. There's a lot of teams running two-man you know, either that or that drop eight look. I mean, it's it's kind of a simple scheme. This isn't like what the Big Ten does, where it might be a various things to where you have a mixture of man matchup zone and zone defense within the same defensive scheme that's very complex. I mean, I always tell people all the time, the best players in the country are in the Southeastern Conference. The best coaches in the country are in the Big Ten. And 
that's the reason you're seeing coaches come down from the Midwest to the SEC. The SEC is in the process of making everything better. So you'll see coaches matriculate down, so to speak. Should be really interesting. If you look down below, you can see the line for this week. And this game, or this show, is brought to you today by BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can see down below, the line is Ole Miss is currently favored by three and a half points. The over-under is set at 71. The game is tonight on ESPN at 8 o'clock Central Time. Tune in to the pregame show at about 6.30-ish. And then immediately after the game, we will be doing a postgame show as well. So that is our lineup for today. Get the latest odds and trends with every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's BetOnline. It's where the game starts. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, in the first segment of the show, we talked about the run game being the key both ways. Either team doing it, whatever's going on, it is going to be the key to this game. Even though Texas Tech likes to throw the ball in the air, the run game will be key in this football game. The other thing that is going to be key for potentially both teams, but definitely Ole Miss, the need to play clean. You need to cut down the operational penalties. You need to make sure you don't turn the ball over. You need to have a clean game. Because if you play a sloppy game, Tech will beat you. That's what they do. They play really, really hard. Ask Oklahoma about it. Oklahoma was up 24-6 to and thought they were going to run them out of the gym. Ended up losing that game. So, you have to play clean. And the onus is on Jackson Dart to make sure that happens. He needs to make sure everybody's lined up, everything's good, everything's where they're supposed to be, and that he doesn't get too loose with the football. And running backs need to not fumble, essentially. So we'll see what happens. This this is a game that could be both teams over 80 plays. Uh, It's a rarity in college sports, but the tempo that they play with and everything, this could be a really fun football game. And by fun, I mean completely stupid, crazy, and drunk like Arkansas in 2021. This has those fingerprints all over it. There's really no way to get around what's going on with it. There is a chance for this game to get ridiculous. Now, I think Ole Miss can win this game, and I think they can win it fairly easily. But it is going to require them to play clean. It's going to require them to win the running game. It's going to require them to play smart in the passing game, operationally clean, and not turn the ball over. If they do that, I mean, most football games, if you do that, you win. But you get my point. Ole Miss has the talent advantage in this game. Now, Texas Tech has some guys that have some wiggle. Tyler Shuck, good enough quarterback. And as he got healthy at the end of the year, they got became a better team. 
He's sneaky athletic, so you do have to watch out for his legs. And like I said, they do things that are all the best stuff that a high school team does. If you like a high school offense, and you think about a high school offense, this team does all the best stuff of it. This is a high school offense, but I mean that in the nicest, best possible way. All of the stuff that old fogies think that have to be done in football, these guys, you know, okay, forget about it. They might run a speed option one play. The next play, they're running a double reverse. The third play, they're throwing the ball downfield. The fourth play, they're running a tunnel screen. It's almost like there's no rhyme or reason to it, but it's so beautiful and it, it just works. So Ole Miss's defense has to be on its P's and Q's with this offense because of all the things that they do. Like, they, they'll rely on the speed option. They have running backs with some wiggle. The linebackers and box safeties and all that better bring their lunch pail for this football game because they're going to have some work. Because if Ole Miss plays sloppy, if Ole Miss turns the ball over, Texas Tech can beat them. It's, it's just the way it is. This isn't an upset type thing. Ole Miss is only a three-and-a-half point favorite. That's only slightly above a pick em. Everybody is looking for this game to be a close game. Like I said, Ole Miss should win this football game. They have better football players than Texas Tech. That doesn't mean they will. There's factors that have to go into winning this game for Ole Miss to win it. And the number one factor, like we said in the first segment, is that run game. They need to crank that up against Texas Tech. Because if that gets going, and I'm not talking about even going the way that it went against Auburn. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about running for 250 yards, 200 yards, somewhere in there, 300 yards, in that ballpark. I'm not saying running for 450 like they did against A&M. This will allow the play-action game with Jackson Dart to be effective, and I think this could unlock Ole Miss's secret weapon. We don't know what the plan is for Michael Trigg in this game. We all have suspicions going into it, but we don't know the exact plan. I think Michael Trigg in the pass game, in the play-action pass game, in the middle of the field could be a weapon this game. I think that is a position to watch in this football game is the Ole Miss tight end position in the middle of the field. I think Jordan Watkins and Jalen Robinson have a chance to break out in this game. Why? Why am I saying this all of a sudden? Because it needs to be done. They know it needs to be done. Ole Miss has the players to do it. Now that they're all healthy, it's worth giving it a try. I think you will see them throw the ball over the middle of the field. Honestly, because there's no reason not to. That is an area, if you do that, they can't come and crash towards the line of scrimmage. That's advantage Quinshawn Judkins. That's advantage Zach Evans. That's advantage Ulysses Bentley IV. So, let's all wish, honestly. It's not necessarily a prediction. This is what I want to see. I want to see Michael Trigg in the middle of the field. I want him to see him flash some of that potential. And then he can get ready for spring practice and get ready to go next year. Now, after the bowl game, we don't know what will happen. 
There's still three more weeks left in the transfer portal. Anybody that we're talking about could disappear in the next three weeks. That's understandable. But as it sits right now, until we know otherwise, we want to see Michael Trigg flash the potential that we pro- we were promised a year ago at this time. We want to see what's going on with Michael Trigg because he has all the athletic ability in the world. And there's different ways to use him other than that, that arrow screen that they throw out in the flat. I mean, that's great. You can score some touchdowns doing that. But I want to see him as a weapon on third and seven. I want to see him forcing the linebackers to play with the head on the swivel because they don't know if he's behind them. Maybe they shouldn't crash down too hard to stop the run. That is what this offense is missing. That is why Bill Flowers talked constantly about having a greater route tree. And I don't know if that is the correct term for this thing, but the way they run individual stuff is kind of like the difference in basketball and teams running the motion offense and then what Andy Kennedy did at Ole Miss. That's the difference between a normal offense and this Lane Kiffin offense. So whatever can affect those players in the middle of the field Ole Miss probably needs to do it because it'll help them out moving forward. It'll get them ready and springboard them into spring practice because make no mistake, tonight is important. Spring practice is important because once we get into the fall, they're playing for a championship. Whether they get there or not, we're not saying that. That is what they're playing for. And expectations and everything that builds about this program needs to be about that. You're not doing anybody any favors by just excusing things and not worrying about things and not wanting to talk about something that might be a little bit bad. You're not helping anybody doing that. This is about winning championships at this point. And that starts tonight in the Texas Bowl. I want to see a team come out looking inspired. I want, for the first time since the Alabama game, I want to see the team that comes out ready to play. That, that is important with this football team. And then we can start building towards the 2023 season where you go on the road to Georgia, you go to Tuscaloosa, you go to Auburn. Those games, to Mississippi State, that's your SEC slate. Two Tulane, that's defending Cotton Bowl champion Tulane Green Wave. Because, yeah, I think they're going to beat USC. Uh, But it all starts tonight in the Texas Bowl. And anybody that wants to know, anybody that wants to get fired up, if for some reason it doesn't happen tonight, it just delays what's happening. Because we're going into the 2023 season regardless expecting what we're expecting. We're no longer going to be satisfied with 8-4 and four in a Texas Bowl. And I, I apologize to the Texas Bowl for saying that. But whenever Ole Miss started 7-0, they were thinking citrus. They were thinking cotton. They were thinking orange. And then all of a sudden it went down. That is the tier we want to live in. We will enjoy the Texas Bowl. We will have fun in the Texas Bowl. We will go out and try and win the Texas Bowl. But use that as a reminder of something that we don't necessarily want to do in the future. This year was a lesson. Lots of lessons at the end of this year of things that 
you need to fix if you want to get to where you're going. And we're trying to get to the top of that mountain. Anyway, when we come back, we are going to talk about what we have planned for the Under Armour All-American game. It should be a lot of fun, um, but we're going to take a short break right now. Stick around, and we'll tell you all about it. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Almost podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and comment on the video down below or upvote the video. Thank you. All right, we are going to cover the Under Armour All-American game this year. We got our credential approved. Everything's ready to go. We'll be there Thursday morning um, after the Texas Bowl is over in the middle of the night. We're going to get about four hours of sleep, and then we're going to drive over to Orlando for media days, and we're going to cover Friday. We're not going to do Saturday, Sunday, um, Monday, or Tuesday, but we are going to do Thursday and Friday. And as a part of it, we're going to interview Aiden Williams. We're going to interview Sunterine Perkins, and we're going to go out to the first practice and shoot basically TikToks one-on-ones of them actually going through their reps. We're going to get them on camera, you know, three or four reps apiece. That is going to be the goal, and we're going to have them talking. We'll get ready for the national championship game on New Year's Eve because Saturday I'm not missing that for the Under Armour All-American game. We're going to um, have all that information and everything ahead of time. And January 1st, I might go out there January 1st. And then we'll see January 2nd, all that. We're going to get it done. So it should be a lot of fun seeing those guys play. And I was sitting here thinking about the wide receiver room at Ole Miss. The last time I covered the Under Armour game, it was when Laquan Treadwell, Robert Kimdichie, those guys were down there. And... It makes me think, I see a lot of what Laquan was pre-injury to what um, Chris Marshall does. They are very similar style wide receivers and huge catch radius. They like to block. One of the things you see if you watch Chris Marshall's high school film is him blocking 30 yards downfield and just burying somebody. The thing that made Laquan great was how good of a blocker he was. And that would be great. Just having somebody like Oquan Treadwell, that would be great. But you add in an Aiden Williams, and I think I compare him almost a smoother Dante Moncrief. You know, I'm giving these comps all over the place, and, you know, I ex- might be extremely generous with them, but that's what I see. So if you line up Laquan and Dante together, which they did for one year, it's going to be interesting. Then you got guys like Caden Lee. You've got guys like Trey Harris, which honestly, here comes another um, comp from that era. Reminds me of DeMaurier Springfellow a little bit. And you take those, and you remember that 2015-2016 recruiting class and wide receiver room, and you see exactly what this team could be. So we're going to go down, and I'm interested to see what Aiden Williams does against um, – What's his name? Kamari McLean or whatever his name. Um, The kid from Lakeland, Florida. That's number two player in the country. That's committed to Miami. That Prime is trying to get. 
I want to see that rep. I want to see those two go after it. I want to see Sunterine Perkins, who was the best player on the field in the state championship game, which, you know, that's no surprise. Then he was the best player on the field for the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game. Okay, that might be a little bit of a surprise, but not really. I want to see if he can be the best player on the field in this game. Because if he's the best player in the field this game, this is a completely different situation. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, tune in a little bit later on tonight at about 6.30 Central-ish. Don't hold me directly to the time. Um, we will live stream the pregame show, take questions, play in the chat. Um, I'm going to try and have Kara McCutcheon in the stadium, um, giving us pregame color, so to speak. So I'm, I'm interested about that. I'm interested um, in the postgame show immediately following the game. We're going to have that. Same thing. We'll be in the chat talking about all the things that just happened. And then the next day at, at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'll be over at Media Days for the Under Armour All-American game. Should be really great. I, I'm going to be really excited about everything going on. And should be a lot of fun. It's going to be about a 72-hour period of let's go. That That is, that is, that is my plan. 72 hours of let's go go. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Um, For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the stories that are biggest in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. One last time to watch the Rebs play. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be on before and after it and having fun as always anyway good luck take care peace